Right, so John, Return of the King. Return of the King and Return of Us. Us. Yes. yes. It's been a it's been a hot minute. Uh, yes, it has been a hot minute. As the youth say. <laughs> um ha- yeah, it's been two weeks, hasn't it, or something like that? Or three? Um podcast wise it's been about three weeks. Oh god, that's been a while. Yeah. Um, um yeah, so kind of had stuff going on yes it's been <laughs> yes um apologies for our many or for our viewers um, or listeners or however you want to describe it um yes it's been a it's been a little while uh, because life kind of took over a little bit yeah so the past two weeks well apart from last week the past two weeks after that before that yeah i put on our experiment with doing live stuff which was an absolute <laughs> shit post it was so bad i love it it was so funny, <laughs> it, was it, was, funny. it was just so terrible but it was brilliant at the same time yeah i loved it so that was on and then the week after so last week um my laptop died completely your, your laptop died completely and also you were in immense pain yeah yeah, yeah. that was true that, that was the week before. I was in a mental. Was that the pain. week before? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. That, oh no, that's true. Actually, yeah. Uh-huh. So like, like, I came round to Lee's house to do um some some editing and potentially um do some more recording for this, but um but he, <laughs> you were just hunched over, absolutely he, in pain. I know, and I just thought, should we just not do anything? <laughs> just like, chill. <laughs> just we'll just chill. You know, like for the sake of Lee's health, we'll just not do anything. Um, but yeah, you were, yeah, you were in immense pain. Yeah, it lasted quite a few days. I know. And we were also recording a doc, we were also doing some recording for a documentary, weren't we? Yep. Um, That happened at that time. Yes, which, um, which we'll be getting onto at some point soon. We'll be, I think we'll be re-recording some more of it in the next coming, next coming weeks. Nice. So, uh, so, is that the first you've heard of it? Yeah. Oh, (laughs) alright, brilliant. (laughs) I did miss a phone call on Monday, but I was absolutely ill on Monday, so I just... I just realised now that I forgot about the ring back. Oh, that's all right. It's all right. It'll probably be in like two weeks' time or something. Yeah. So cool. keep keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, last week my laptop completely broke. Mm-hmm. Had to get a replacement. Yeah. I found a cheap replacement. Yes. Ended up being a scam account. Yes. So the right. It was on Amazon as well. So they were like, "Oh, there's only four left." I was like, "Oh fuck! I'll go. I'll buy the bullet. I'll buy it." Yeah. Bought it. Went to sleep. And then I woke up in the morning, I was like, I haven't got a confirmation yet. And I looked up and it was like, order cancelled. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. Yeah. So then I looked onto the seller uh-huh. and everyone was like, scam account. They say that there's only a few left. They take it off the order. Then they ask you to um, send over the money to them. Yes. Never got that message about the money. No? But no, I've re-bought the laptop through Amazon officially and it costs another 250 quid on top. God. Yeah, it's been an expensive week. Yes. <laughs> but a needed week. I can't survive without having a laptop to do... No, do work. No, well, exactly. It's, yeah. it's it's very much a part of your identity, really, isn't it? And my old laptop, God, that put us for uni. I, God, it did. We were talking about this actually before we started recording. Um, that laptop, um, it was a tank. It was it was a tank. It was an absolute beast of a machine. It was huge. We had a ton. It did, and it and it edited. Um, well, well, that's the laptop that we edited. Um, Rebel Rebel on. Yeah. Yes, it, the RTS award-winning film. Everything got edited. Of. It's an RTS award-winning laptop. Then, yes. <laughs> Sad to see you go. Yeah, it's a special place in our hearts, <clears> but you know, always, um, always remembered. Um, but of course, we're back. Yeah, you know, we finally got some time uh, to, um, finally record uh, this uh, this this podcast again, and also, um, finally complete my thoughts on, on Lord of the Rings. On Lord of the Rings. Um, yes. So I've seen Return of the King. Yep. All 
for our... I, I was saying this the other day to um, to our mutual friend, Jamie, um, and, uh, and, to my, and to my girlfriend, actually. I, we, I, I have consumed all of Lord of the Rings... Yeah, I mean, in its yeah. original state. I mean, obviously not all of it. Yeah, but, you, know, <laughs> you know, but in terms of like the original trilogy, the extended editions, you've seen all. I have seen all of it, and I am exhausted. <laughs> it is so exhausting, and I, you know, I'll I'll get onto this in a bit, and um, when we get more into like talking about the actual um, plot and what have you i have to precurse this as well and say that i'm trying i'm gonna try and remember of it as much as i can <laughs> because i watched this last week yeah and um i had to watch it over the course of two days because it's thankfully it's on two discs which means it makes it quite easy to split split that down to two days um but it's it's four hours long it's so long and <laughs> you know um, if anyone's watched it, you know you know like how that feels. But it's but I suppose if you're a Lord of the Rings like diehard fan, it will it'll fly by, I suppose. But um, you know, um, I I've now seen, as I said, like everything that was cut out of the original. Um, I'm presuming it was everything that was cut out of the original their films. Yeah, um, Christopher Lee wasn't even the last film. I. This, yeah, this is this is what I was getting. Yes, this is what I was getting at. Um, I watched a a video recently on. Because um, I didn't realise that he was cut out of um, of Return of the King and yeah. the theatrical cut, uh, and there was a video saying um, like, "Oh, why um, why Saruman just just disappears in uh, in Return of the King," and um, in what and it was due to the fact that Sar- so Saruman's death was recorded during was filmed during the two towers. Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, during the two towers shoot, <clears throat> and. Um, and then they put it on every, like when they were sorting it out in the edit. Apparently, Peter Jackson felt like um, having Saruman's death at the beginning of, of Return of the King just feels like a tacked-on thing in terms of um, like just just tying up loose ends from from Two Towers. Yeah, it feels like something from Two Towers. And I was like, okay. Now, having watched Return of the King, the extended edition. Um, bearing in mind, I've not seen the theatrical cut. I've only, I've only seen the extended yeah. editions of all of these films. I've not seen the theatrical cuts, which one day I will probably have to revisit. And uh, well, I say revisit. I'll have to watch for the first time and see <laughs> what the difference is. You'd be like, this film's fucking short. <laughs> yes, this is really, really short. This is a very digestible film. It's as if it's, it's as if it's made for general audiences. Um, but it's like, right? How can you not have the death of Saruman? He just gets locked. They're just like, oh, he's in his tower. That's it. Yeah, but, like, I know this is what I, this is what I was saying. It's like, I, 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 right? So, so I was recently. I was, um, I was talking about it with um, some of my band members, um, uh, uh, Hannah and uh, and Ryan, um, who are the only two in my band um, who've seen Lord of the Rings, and because I, I know Jamie hasn't seen it, and I don't know if Jake's seen it actually. I'll have to talk to him about it. But but uh, if you, if you guys are listening, hello, shout out. Hannah and Ryan were both saying that they were cut out for a reason. Okay? It should just... the, the They actually said to me, I can't believe Lee's making you watch the extended editions. <laughs> you should just be watching the theatrical cuts. And I was like, guys, look, I have to experience all of Lord of the Rings, right? If you might I'm never gonna... watch it again. You might as well watch it exactly. full I'll never watch it again. <laughs> so I may as well watch the entire thing yeah. un- unblemished, uncut. Hardcore, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and and they were saying that they were cut for a reason. I went, what? Even the death of Saruman? And they were like, and she was like, and Hannah was saying, well, well, yeah, it's you know, it's it's. I, I like the idea of him just you know, you just don't see him, and he's just he's alone in his tower, and that's all you need to know. And I thought, no, <laughs> closure. No, you need closure. You need the end. You need to see the end of a character. You need to have a, a, for a character as big as Saruman. He's basically the visible villain. I mean, I know he's not the main villain because Sauron is yeah. the main villain. But you but never, is... but you never see Sauron. But Sa- Sauron is, and and that. But I th- don't get me wrong. I think that's good. I think that Sauron is is never heard and he's never seen. Well, he is seen. You in see a, his armor in the first. You see his armor in the first <clears throat> film, and you see him in a physical sense. But that's only in a flashback. And then when you do see any physical representation of him, he's an eye. Yeah. You know, which I think is really quite ominous and quite terrifying. You know, it's the, it's this feeling that it's the it's the idea that. Um, Evil is um, all-encompassing, you know, and it's um, and and this is this is this is one thing that I really like about Lord of the Rings. On a serious note, is I think it conveys evil, the idea of evil, very well, mm. because um, it's it's something that um, that I, that I sort of subscribed to when I when I watched um, this documentary series by Mark Gattis. Um, or Gatiss, or however you pronounce his name. Um, and you know who he is, yeah. of course, yeah. Uh, and obviously, <laughs> um, and he's and he was and he's a massive horror fan. Um, horror is his favorite genre. He he loves horror. I mean, League of Gentlemen, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. League of Gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and this was like made in con- in when he was re- when him and um, um, Stephen Moffat were writing their adaptation of Dracula for the BBC, which. I've I've watched. Have you seen it? No, I've avoided it because Sherlock. Sherlock. It's it's fine. <clears throat> okay, it's it it does some things really well. That's that's Moffat for you. The, yeah, I mean, because <laughs> this is the frustrating. Quick quick side note, but then I'll get back to my main point. This is the frustrating thing about Stephen Moffat. I think Stephen Moffat is a very good writer. I think he knows how to how to tell a, a an engaging story. You know, um, keep your attention, and you know, you know, do some interesting, cool things, and introduce some new ideas. And he and he proved that when he wrote that singular episode of Doctor Who, Blink. Yes. Um, and Blink is one of the best episodes of Doctor Who that I was love it. It, it, which was ever made, and it 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 is a it's a perfectly crafted story. It's terrifying, and it is paced beautifully, and. He's introduced easily the scariest monsters that Doctor Who's ever seen. Yeah. The Weeping Angels are terrifying. Never having to walk with Fred home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because it's terrifying. I mean, they've been they've been milked and milked and milked ever since oh, that episode. God, yeah. And now they're no longer special. They're, they're like all... the new Daleks. Yeah, they're like the... yeah, exactly. They're no longer special and they're no longer really scary. But when they were initially introduced in that one episode... Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Legitimately horrifying. And then he got me a showrunner, showrunner for um, the um, uh, the Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi eras, and it's it's difficult because it still feels like Doctor Who. Yeah, it still feels like Doctor Who. There's some marvelous episodes there. There's some marvelous <coughs> um, moments in there, <coughs> and I think um, you know Peter Capaldi and Matt Smith both have their moments where they shine. Um, but there are some moments, but I think the biggest issue with that run is that it's so complicated. It's so overly convoluted in terms of its plotting. And that that's the thing. And that's one of the reasons why it there's there's a problem with Sherlock and, and Dracula in the sense that 
okay, here's Sherlock in the modern day. And Jekyll. And and Jekyll, which a lot of people forget about. Here's Sherlock and Jekyll in the modern day. Okay, cool premise, cool idea. Some really nifty in, in, ideas introduced here, but then it becomes so up its own ass for its own good. Have you ever seen a YouTuber called H Bomber Guy? Probably. He does a he's done a video called Sherlock is bad and he is white. It's oh, like a, now I have seen it. Yes. yes, I have seen it. Yes, yes. He, he, yeah, he makes some good yeah, points. Yeah, it's pretty much all the points you're it's, making. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's pretty much like because it's it's I don't think, and this is why I think it's difficult because I don't think these these products are bad necessarily. They're just frustrating. Yeah, you know because it's like ah oh, for God's sake it doesn't have to be that convoluted it doesn't have to be that that like cliched or, well well maybe it's not cliched but. Up its own arse. It's like, it's too clever for its own good. Yeah. And that's the problem with, with Dracula. The first episode is really good. Um, you know, because it, it it's, it's you know, it, it sort of does a spin on Dracula that we've not necessarily seen before. Um, have, uh, you know, I think it's an, it's enjoyable. It's, it's quite scary. And that's what Dracula should be. I mean, I think I've always had an issue where, you know, the, the idea of Dracula isn't particularly um scary in modern media anymore but now in this version they he actually is quite terrifying in a sense yeah and and uh, klaus bang the guy who plays him is excellent he's tremendous um the second episode is fine um it kind of loses its way a little bit the third the third episode is where it really starts to fall apart because it it it, it, it it's the modern day yeah it jumps from when it originally was written in like the late 1800s and then straight through the modern day by the third episode and it, it yeah they try to modernize dracula and try and adapt it which i'm all for yeah i'm absolutely all for that but it it misses the mark in a few hours you'll have to watch it yourself um and form your own opinion but um you know it, what was my original point about oh yeah oh yeah mark, mark gattis yeah. yes sorry and, and so in this documentary he talks about um <coughs> he starts to talk about the exorcist yeah and he said the reason why he thinks the ex the reason why i just i just knocked the microphone stand just uh if any of you heard that in your uh in your, Probably. Li- in your little in your little earphones sorry um i'm gonna hit editing <laughs> this now thanks <laughs> Anyway, um, he talks about The Exorcist and he goes through like um, horror from uh, like the 1930s right through the modern day. And he gets to the 70s and he said the 70s was like the the, the, the renaissance of, of fear. Um, and like the, the modern horror film. And he said the reason why The Exorcist is so scary isn't necessarily because of um, the, you know, the groundbreaking like... Uh, special effects and the and the actual like exorcism scene yeah and the build-up and all that and even the um it's the idea that this could happen to anyone and the reason why it's it it taps into that very effectively is because there's one scene there's two scenes that are linked to each other and he said the first one is when father Karras is on his way to well he's on his way home or he's on his way to the to the town where um He's going somewhere, and he's on the subway, and he's waiting for the subway train to arrive, and there's a homeless man who's next to him who stares at him with a blank stare. And he says, can you spare an old? Can you spare any change for an old altar boy, father? And he just ignores him. Yeah. And then later on, when Father Karras is talking to um, the demon within um, Reagan, um, he's trying to... The, the de- he's trying to outsmart the demon. He's trying to, like... Um, you know, show that he's not scared of it and stuff. And he's like, "If you're so powerful, why don't you just um, 
why don't you just, you know, rip yourself out of the bed? And the demon's like, that's much too a vulgar display of power. And he's like, oh, well, maybe you're not as powerful as you say you are. And he's like, maybe you don't know anything about me. What's uh, what's my mother's name? What's any because because the demon says your mother's in here with us in hell. Yeah. And and he's like, well, if you she really cooks socks. Yeah, she chucks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, well, if you really know my, who my mother is, then what's our what's our what's our last name? What's our maiden name? And um, and he turns away because he's like, ah, oh, I've warned up you, demon. And the demon then goes off camera. Can you spare an old? Can you spare an altar boy? Any change, father? In exact in in the homeless man's voice. Yeah, and it's creepy as fuck. And Mark Gattis made an excellent point. He said, "For me, that is the scariest point in in um in Exorcist because it implies that the devil is always watching you. Yeah, evil is always watching you, and he knows what you do, and he knows." all of your guilty moments, all of your private moments, and that is chilling, and that is horrifying. He knows when you sleep, and he knows when you're awake. Yes. The devil is Santa. I mean, <laughs> you mix the letters around. Exactly, yeah, that's why he's red, you know? But um, but it's the same It's the same point in Lord of the Rings. We got there, we got back. Yes. Um, <laughs> Saruman knows when you sleep with Sauron. Sauron knows when you sleep with Sauron. But that's the thing about Sauron. It's like, Sauron doesn't need to speak, Sauron doesn't need to be a yeah. physical presence. A bit like Dracula in the original novel. You know, Dracula's not in, in the book that much, but you feel his presence, you know? Um, and it's the same thing with, with, um, with Sauron. It's, he never speaks, he never, you never see him as a physical presence. He's not even in the films that much, really. Yeah. But he's only ever referred to. But you feel his presence, you feel his influence, and he's represented by an eye, but everything that the characters touch, especially the Ring of Power, you know? It's like, Frodo decays in this movie. Oh, yeah. Like, he is absolutely... He is battered by the end of this film, you know? And, of course, you see what happens to Gollum. Um, or Schmeagel, as he was yeah. originally. Are you now, still a Gollum apologist? I understand why people hate Gollum. <laughs> I, I, un- I, under- <laughs> I understand why people looked at me in a strange way when I said there's no need to beat him up. Oh, yeah. it's it, it, In fact, it's very satisfying to watch him get beat up. <laughs> like, holy holy shit. Just, you know, when, when Sam starts beating up um, Gollum, it's so satisfying to watch. I mean, yes, beat the shit out. I've to- I've done total one eighty. Yeah, I knew you know. would. That's yeah. why I was waiting for it. Yeah, because because he's awful in this movie. You know, he's he's really trying to like set them up and play them against each other. But I mean, because I was watching the the opening scene, um, and of course you see Smeagol, Andy Circus, yeah. um, Smeagol sort of turn into Gollum, and he just he just kills his friend just immediately. It's his brother. It's his it's his brother. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was his brother. I thought yeah. it was just his mate. Um, but. They're just fishing. They're having a lovely, wholesome time, and then they find this ring. And then, within within seconds, it corrupts them. Yeah, and it makes them kill. Well, it makes Schmeagel kill his brother. He just outright just strangles him to death. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Okay. And the transformation then is quite. That's actually quite scary. You know, when you see Schmeagel turn into Gollum. But they're halfway through, and he's just kind of melted. Yeah, and and, and you know. And I was I was thinking when I was watching that I was like could they not just have done that, you know instead of like because because I understand I, we spoke about this in the last one it's like I understand that the CGI is of its time yeah and you know it can only look a certain way and the the, the technology can only compete so much with what the what they're after and actually for the time it's still quite groundbreaking. Yeah. You know, obviously in the modern context, it looks, you know, dated and, you know, what have you. But it still holds up to some degree. But I just kept thinking, you know, because practical is always better, for me anyway, it's always yeah. better than, than, than digital recreation. 
And, you know, when you see Gollum sort of on Schmeagel, like sort of transforming in, into Gollum, um, you, you know, as you were saying there, like the, the practical effects on his, on his face, like halfway through and he's melted and things like that. Yeah. It looks it looks so much more terrifying and just him eating raw fish and, you know, it's like, it's like, oh God, it's awful. Um, but it just demonstrates the power of the ring and the power of evil. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, again Sauron isn't there he's not a physical he's not a physical threat but he's so evil that his influence is just doing all the work for him you know this 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 character Gollum's not even the main villain and yet he's causing most of the bother you know Saruman is again the physical threat but he's not there well he is in the extended edition you see he's dead which I was so satisfied about I was like why was that cut yeah, they just put my gay baby gel for the like the theatrical cut. Yeah, well, like why, <laughs> why just just put that scene in? It it should not have been cut. Yeah, because it it does the job perfectly. It's like it's like okay, because again, Sar- Saruman is not the main villain. He is a villain, but it establishes that okay, we're gonna have an end to this character's arc, a physical a physical dramatic ending to to Christopher Christopher Lee and for this character, and to demonstrate that the heroes are in a much stronger position than they were, but they've still got a lot of work to do, you know? It shouldn't have been cut. It wasn't a year for Christopher Lee, because uh, uh, Revenge of the Jedi... Revenge of the Jedi. Revenge of the Jedi. Revenge of the Sith came <laughs> out. Revenge of the Sith, and they yeah. came out, He got decapitated in the first scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 he's just tossed aside, bless him, in all, these, in all these movies. And I'm like, just give him... It shouldn't have been cut. Yeah. It should not have been cut. And Hannah, yeah, um, you know... I respect you and I respect your opinions, but you're wrong. Um, it shouldn't have been good. <laughs> um, end the character properly. Um, but yeah, you know this this movie um, was uh, it, it it was a blast. Yeah, shall we say it was? Um, it's battle central, isn't it? Really? Oh yeah, most of it's a uh, big fight. Most of it's just fighting, you know. And um, and one that that's the that's the thing. There's some strange noises. In the com- office. It was coming from the radiator, I think. <laughs> it's slightly warm. Yes, um, I don't know. I don't know if any of you have heard that, but we heard a slight cr- creaking. Yeah, it's ghosts. Noise. Yes, the yes, the ghosts. To be fair, it could be the wind. We're in the middle of a storm right now, so you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, at the time of recording, it's probably most most you know where we are in the midst of Storm Dudley. I think I think it's Storm Dudley, isn't it? It's Dudley to Eunice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just passing each other along, yeah. Yeah, and Storm Dudley is causing havoc here in the northeast. Um, um, and yeah, please be careful on the roads. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if the metros are still um, down. Apparently, they are, according to you. They were this morning. They were this morning, so they're probably Twitter anyway. Yeah. Um, but we've got a few more storms to come. Yeah, storms are coming. Storms are coming. But uh, yes, uh, stay safe and uh, you know, look after yourselves and each other. Anyway. Back yeah. on topic. Yes. So it, it's Battle Central. And and what I what I really loved about it was um it, it, it this is where the characters um have their moments. Yeah. You know? And um, you know, Hel- Helen and Pippin. Uh <laughs> I forgot about Helen. <laughs> <laughs> um H- Helen Helen and Pippin, uh they have their uh, their their moments really. I mean they're separated for a lot of it, but yeah. you know, um it, it, it really you know, is is it is it Pippin that um that that is in the battle? Um, yeah, and Mary goes. Is it? I'm really confused now. I know. <laughs> well, it's Mary who who's um or, or or Helen as I like to call him. Um, is he is he is he the one who sings for the um for the for the king? 
Um, the shitbag useless no, king. No, it's Pippin that goes... Oh, is it Pippin? Pippin, yeah. Okay, right. Well, Pippin... Right. That's the thing about this king, right? Good lord, he's an unlikable character. Oh, yeah, he's an absolute cunt. He's <laughs> awful. This, this, this man is terrible. You know, they're all they're all out there fighting. You know, they're all, like, prepping themselves to fight. And he's... You know, and he's... Shoveling down tomatoes. Yeah, he's just... Oh, God, those tomatoes look awful. Like, he's just he's just shoving his face. He's like, oh, sing for me. And it's like, dude, where is the leadership, you know? And then, of course, when his son comes back, who isn't even dead, and he, you know, because I'm presuming he's like, he's just wounded, for God's sake. Yeah. You know, and one of my favourite bits in the entire film. And he's like, oh, run. He's like, flee for your lives. <laughs> just run away. You know, <laughs> And then Gandalf just comes and goes, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Just whack it, pull yourself together. He's like, ignore him, prepare for battle. Prepare for battle. <laughs> you know, and I thought, marvellous. Brilliant. Excellent moment. Favourite bit of the entire film. And Gandalf's just like, oh, fuck off, man. Prepare for battle, you soldiers, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, we're going to go out to fight. And I thought, yes, leadership. And God, he's busting the moves. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like, Ian McKellen's just hauling arse in this film. You know, it's absolutely fantastic to see. And... You know, that, that's another thing. That was Gandalf's moment to shine, you know, quite literally. Yeah. You know, as is the new White Wizard and all that. And, uh, you know, saving the, um, the other guy um, from burning to death uh, with, with Pippin and all that. Um, Faramir. That Faramir, that was it. Yeah, Far- He's trying to burn his son to death. And, and I'm sad. What, what is going on? He's, he's just batshit. Yeah, he? he's batshit. Like, he's just, you're like, dude, you... Because his favourite son died already. Which right. is a harsh thing where he's like, oh, wish you think that... Boromir should have died instead of, well I should have died instead of Boromir he's like yeah well yeah absolutely <laughs> I don't like you <laughs> it's like wow god honestly and then and of course when he does burn to death he just flings himself off the runs off the um, off, off the ledge yeah you know of this the, the, of this mighty place it was um, you know it was it was just it, it, it sort of brought it all home you know, and it was like it was a far cry from what these hobbits are used to, really, isn't it? It's like because yeah. when you think about it in the first film, they're just they're just they're just carefree fellas who just like a bit of a drink, like food, you know, and and just like hopping about doing hop, hop, hobbity things, you know, and um, you know, here you really see them. It's it was a lovely metaphor, isn't it? For like it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how small you are, or where you come from, whatever your background is. Everyone's got the uh, the capacity to be a hero. Yeah, you know, in the words of David Bowie, we we can be heroes just, just for one, one day. day. Exactly. <laughs> um, and speaking of heroes, uh, you know, obviously it's great great to see Legolas and um and uh, Gimli doing their thing. I, I love seeing their their, their friendship. Like, yeah. Again, it blossoms throughout this film. And again, they're still having that competition of like of who can kill the when most. He kills the um elephant and everything. One just only counts as one. <laughs> yeah, it still only counts as one. And it's like, oh, brilliant! I love that. And um and um um uh, Aragorn really becoming uh like really like stepping forward here and like, yeah like, taking these like his kingly role really seriously, you know. He um, gets ghosts to fight for him. He gets literally he goes and gets an army of dead people to 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 fight to fight for him, you know. And it's uh, now I found that CGI very interesting. Yeah. Because it kind of holds up and it kind of doesn't at the same time. Yeah. It's very bizarre. It looks like when they when they all appear, when they all charge forward, like through Aragon and Legolas and Gimli and all that, it's like oh god, it it sort of it was very off putting. It looked very strange. But when you see them close up, they looked cool. Yeah, close up it looks great. But when you see them running, it's like all right, that was very clearly just an a over- sludge of green. Yeah, like an overlaid <laughs> sludge green image just slapped on there. Um, having said that though, you know the wide shots and again scale. Oh yeah, Peter Jackson does scale very well. 
and it it, it really it, it's really apparent in this movie more so I think than the other two, um because like this is like full on battle scenes, you know, um and like like gigantic like sceneries here, like landscapes and all that, you know, and it's it's incredible to see and. And again, Aragorn has his um, has his moment that big speech he, he gives to the army. It's like, oh yes, you know, it riles you up, and it's like, yes, man, let's go, let's go for for battles. Like we may we may perish, but we will perish a noble death, sort of thing, you know. So he's like for Frodo, and probably half the army's like, who the fuck is Frodo? Oh, I know, like who? Who's? <laughs> and that's such a good point. Yeah, like, he, tur- he turns. Oh, it's a lovely moment. Where he yeah. turns like they're all probably gonna die for Frodo. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and everyone's like, yes, and they're like, but literally, most of those men would be like. Who? Like what? What's <laughs> like, going on? Who, who the hell's Frodo? Look, we're just fighting a war. You know, we're just we're just turned up one day. It's like, all right, all of a sudden we're fighting a war against the orcs, and that's all we need to know. Um, you know, keep them in the dark for the most of it. Um, but oh, that's another thing as well. The orcs really don't like each other, do they? No, no, they'll just, you know, it's the orcs and orcs. They're like Urks. kind of orcs. <laughs> yeah, what, and what's the difference between orcs and orcs again? Um, I think the orcs are elves that have like kind of like. Oh uh, right, thingy and orcs like, are just kind of bastards. Bastards, yeah. yeah basically, yeah. Um, so there's like there's a hierarchy there. Orcs are stronger and bigger and yeah. beastier and yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was um, you know speaking as well. The, the elves don't really have a lot to do in this film, really, do they? Or am I, am I forgetting a big chunk of? No, they're all fucked off. They're yeah, all they're fucking <laughs> off. They're in the process of fucking off. Yeah. Like this world's fucked. Let's go to our. Um... Let's go to our <laughs> elf land, you know. Um, and it was um, it, mind you, I felt sorry for Liv Tyler, mm. and uh, when she appears, although Aragorn is still faithful to her, mm-hmm. you know, even though there is a moment where um, where Aragorn and um, uh, Lady Who fancies him. Aowen. Uh, sorry. Aowen. Aowen. Yeah, Eowyn, Um <laughs> She she's like she's like you know I really fancy you Aragorn you know I think we could I think we could make a good go of love, and he's all like look I can't you know I'm in love with an elf, you know and I've you know and I've I've got to go off and do king things you know and raise the dead basically and he and he does you know and it's um it's wonderful but I think she has a fabulous moment, um <laughs> when uh, when she faces off against uh, with um was the old king was that her dad or was it just. I'm really trying to remember. You know. Christ, what we You mean um, the the older king who like who fights with Aragorn and it's um, and um, her uncle, her uncle, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, he, you know, and his his death is quite, you know, is quite is it's quite. I thought that was quite an impactful moment because it's like yeah, we got we got whacked by a dragon. Yeah. You know, and that'll do it. But it's like you know, he he really steps up. You know, in the, in this movie, you know, he really takes like leadership, like serious. I mean, he did in the last film, he, and he and he rides it home even further in this one. And um, y- you know her moment there when she yeah when she faces off against the, the Nazgul um, yeah the yeah uh... mm-hmm. and um and what was that that line that she says so uh, well he says like oh no man can kill me and then she takes off her helmet she's like I'm no man I'm and then no just man. stabs him so oh, brilliant great Ma- great line great great line great moment and uh, yeah it was just moments like that that's what I mean like every character had that moment to, yeah. to shine in this movie and that was hers and it was fantastic. And one of my favorite, again, one of my favorite moments in the film. Um, but I tell you, who really does step up? Sam. Samwise Gandhi, the best. The the. He's the best the, character. The best character. He's in the, the yeah. best character in the entire trilogy. He's absolutely fantastic. He fights a giant spider for God's sake. Like, good lord, man! You know <laughs> and that giant spider was what? Yeah. Like that, that's a scary moment. 
you know, and then when Frodo gets like stabbed by it and like wrapped up in the in the webbing, oh, it's awful, it's awful moment. But um, when Sam appears, he's like, "Get the fuck <laughs> off him! I'm gonna, oh, beat the shit out of you!" Amazing moment. Yeah. Amazing moment because I was just like, you know, that guy is a hero. You know, he's he's sacrificed everything to you know go on this journey with Frodo and you know be there for his friend, this guy who he clearly is in love with. Um you know and 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 just and just you know he's been tossed aside he's been you know the the, the ring's done its manipulation on him it's you know and, and and frodo has allowed himself to be manipulated you know by the the, the evil of 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 sauron and you know and yeah. um and 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 and, uh, and Gollum and all and what have you but it's like sam still still is there for him you I mean, know when he gets wrapped up he, he takes the ring off him he's like i'll only keep it for safekeeping because mm-hmm. uh, Frodo gets a bit pissy about it mm-hmm. but then when they get so far up to uh, Mordor and he collapses he's like well if I can't carry the ring I'm just going to carry you I'm going to carry <laughs> you I know and he picks him up and he's like yes man you know he's like, he's like come on we're going to get up this bloody hill and it's like oh it's amazing it's so like it's just you know it's like it's just selflessness yeah pure selflessness you know and um, and it was just marvellous to see and it's like but it is that that moment when they get to the top in the Mount Doom and it's like, just throw the ring, just throw it in, just get rid of it, you know. And it's like, and it's like, just, just throw the bloody thing in. And he's like, no, the ring's mine. And it's like, oh fuck. It's like, <laughs> no, you know. It's like, it's awful. It's an awful moment. And who comes to save the day? Gollum. Gollum, yeah, and Gollum. Gollum gets the ring off him. You know, he. Do, I mean, say what you like, but he does. He does do it. He bites his 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 finger off. Yeah. To get the ring, he's like, I want that ring. Give it to me. You know. And it's like, and. <laughs> and, and you know, and and you know, Gollum dies a happy death. Yeah, he has you the know. ring. He has the ring. He does I... a Terminator death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, he does. Slowly sinking in lava. Slowly sinking in lava with the ring. And you know what? <coughs> I think he didn't mind. Yeah, he was happy. He was happy that he got out of it. You know, um, well, he was happy that he got the ring in the end because that's all he wanted. You know, yeah. he got it. So you know, everyone gets a fulfilled arc. You know, and um, there's another thing as well that was weird about this ex- this extended edition. Well, um, well, actually, no, I, I finished talking about Sam because it was um, obviously when Sam and Frodo um, like get picked up by the eagles, the eagles, and what have you, and then when they're back in uh, Elfland, is it Elfland? Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, because you see Hugo weaving and um, you know, and Aragorn and uh, and Gandalf and Gimli and what have you, and they're all there, and then Mer- men, then Helen and Pippin are there, and that's the first ending of this film. That. <laughs> Is that where the film ends? No. Oh, this no, like, right, it's the, the first original... Oh, the f- oh, yes, it is. There's several endings of this movie. <laughs> yes, that's such a good point. I thought you meant in the theatrical cut. Is that where it ended? No, it went fucking forever in that one as well. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, it does. And then and then Sam is the last one to come in. And it's yeah. like, oh, it's lovely. It's a lovely moment there, you know? And, and, of course, no, it doesn't end, does it? It goes on and on. And it's like... Um, and I love how he still calls it Mr. Frodo and it's like Mr. Frodo just call him Frodo for God's yeah. sake but like there's still that level of respect there, you know Mr. Frodo it's brilliant um, and of course it's revealed that Frodo is the one who wrote Lord of the Rings yeah yes it's cause his because uh, Bilbo wrote The Hobbit yeah Bilbo wrote The <laughs> Hobbit and and um, and Frodo wrote Lord of the Rings so oh lovely lovely bit of intertextuality there well like a meta some meta shit going on there very good Um, but you know and you see Sam obviously gets uh, married to the barmaid. Yeah. That he fancies. 
And it's like, but I, I kind of forgot. I mean, did did Sam mention her a lot throughout these movies? He mentioned at the start when they were in the pub at the very start. Like, yeah. um, there he mentioned about it. He's like, I thought oh, he did. Yeah. yeah. But that's about it. Didn't mention it any time. Oh, there might have been one. He mentions her. There when... might be one time where they're talking about all four of them in the bar and hanging about and she's there and stuff. Yeah. I can't remember where that is. Well, it's I, I think he mentions her when uh when they're on the slope with when the when the volcano is just like lavering mm. up and stuff and they think they're gonna die. Yeah. And uh, Sam's like, Oh, if I could do anything, I'd go and marry that woman. You yeah. Know? And it's like that's that's the only time he mentions I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um and then he does. And then he yeah. goes and ends up marrying the barmaid, um, and they have children and it's lovely. And it's like, Yeah, but you, you really you wanna be with Frodo, don't you? <laughs> yeah. In your heart of hearts, you know. Um, and but that tech that that like subtext is still there because I mean when um when when we see Bilbo Baggins again, um really old Bilbo Baggins yeah. who's looking his age. Um, you know I kind because I kind of forgot about that character. I was like, oh shit, he's here he is, he's back. Um, you know, it's like was it like it was like a Viking death all of a sudden really? I mean, or was it a death really of sorts? To go to the Elflands, which is like this other place where all the elves live for having mm. happy yeah and what are the elves are supposed to be there apart from many select few so legolas takes gimli <laughs> apparently legolas takes gimli there yeah they have oh, their <laughs> so it's, it's like you know and people who've proven themselves yeah the elves, i suppose um but this bit on the board i couldn't understand was it you know was it meant to be that because obviously gandalf goes on it yeah with um bilbo baggins who is very near at like, the end of his life um and but then of course Frodo goes with him. And I was I was I was like, well, it, initially I thought, well, is it like, um, like a Viking funeral in a sense where like Bilbo's gonna go off to a peaceful death, in a sense. But Frodo goes with him, so I was yeah. like, I was confused as to what. Is like, no, it is kind of just another land for where the elves live. I think it's like he's seen all of Middle Earth. He's going for another adventure, kind of. Oh, fair enough. And fair he's taking his his uncle with him just to be like. Here you go. Here's your last here's adventure. Your last hurrah, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, that makes sense. But it has a has a big metaphor for like. Yeah, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, literally, it's, it's another world. Metaphorically, yeah, it's a bit... yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like it's yeah, it's like that that um, that um, Christian allegory there, or like or Viking allegory, if you want. Yeah, going onto another plane. Um, and then of course the film ends after that when you see uh, when you see Sam with his family and stuff, and it's like. And I feel like that was a very appropriate ending. You know, it's it's like um, life continues. And this is the reason why we fight evil, and this is the reason why we conquer evil. It's to give um, ordinary people and people just to. It, it just gives love a chance to flourish. Yeah. And you see that with Sam, who perfectly embodies that as a character throughout these the, all these films. He's the one character who's always there for his friend, this guy who he's very much in love with, for whatever that means. Um, you know, he sacrifices himself. He. He takes the beatings quite literally and metaphorically, yeah. um, and he's and he's still there to fight the good fight and be there for his friend and and to get him to the top of that hill, um, because love perseveres, you know, and you see it, um, in the form of his family and his love and his yeah. friends and everything around him. And it's like that's why that's why we fight evil to give the ordinary things like that a chance to flourish. Because that's what life is, and that's what happiness is. And I thought, yeah, perfect, lovely ending. Having said that, it's very long. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, this was long. Yeah. God, I was like, Jesus. I mean, like, 
The end is like half an hour long, at least. Huh? The yeah. ending, yeah, it is. It's like Jesus, man. Like, just wrap it up, you know. It's like, <laughs> come on, because it's like when you watch when you watch the first two hours, it's like that's a film in itself. Yeah. And then when I put on the second disc, and it's like two hours and like ten minutes, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> I was like, what more could possibly happen? Because <laughs> like, I was like, this battle's starting to wrap up, and I was like, what what more is there to happen? More battle. More battle. I'm like. <laughs> One more big battle. One more massive battle. And I was like, Jesus Christ. It was exhausting. But, you know, I thought, you know, it, it, it's like these, these films, these kind of films only come along once in a lifetime. Yeah. You know, these, these big epic, you know, trilogies and like sagas, which we don't really have anymore, really. Technically it, do, but not as big an epic as Marvel. It's the big saga, really. Know, if you think it is a, I suppose it's a saga. Yes, it is. But it's, all of them are related to each one of them. Yeah. So you have to kind of watch one to get the other one to get this. Yeah, you do. And it's like, you know, but it, there's, there's no... And that's why I marveled out. Marveled out, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I forgot another moment that I realised in Return yeah. of the King. Uh, the ending when Aragorn is obviously crowned king. Yeah. Um, it's it's lovely. It's like, oh, you've got a proper good righteous king here who knows what he's doing. Marvelous, brilliant. But then, of course, when they when the when the hobbits are there and he's like, we bow, and then and then he's like, you bow to no one. Yeah. We bow to you. And everyone bow. And I thought, oh, that's <laughs> lovely. You know. And it's um, I think it's it's either Mary or Pippin in there. Like, yep, this is fucking. This, this is right. <laughs> this is right. Yes. It, if it bow down, bitches. Yes. <laughs> It's like, if it wasn't for us, you'd all be dead. Yeah. It's, it's true. Yeah. Can't remember which one it is, but one of them's like, yep. <laughs> it's probably Helen. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so that was that was, a, that was a marvelous moment. But um, yeah, it's like, we don't get like, like, like big trilogies anymore. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, you got the big sagas like Marvel, but they're all, none of them feel special. Yeah. None of them feel like big anymore. I mean, I mean, Endgame. There's a couple of, yeah, there's big films that come out of it, like, yeah, it's mostly Avengers, like the big crossover ones. Yeah, like Infinity War and Endgame, they, they, they did, they, they did it quite well. They did those big grand moments very yeah. well and like big grand storytelling very well. And, and to be honest with you, you could probably, I mean, I know that you that they say like, oh, you should um watch all of them to like know what's going on but in all honesty you could probably watch context from like yeah like you really. could probably watch infinity war on its own and then watch endgame and i think you'd probably be fine yeah because it's like you know you kind of have that thing at the beginning where it's like oh, okay maybe you have to have some context of where Thor and Loki are at this point in time because it opens with Thanos attacking that ship. Then again, if you watch it just after Thor Ragnarok, it's a fucking whiplash. You go from a comedy film to, oh, fuck, everyone's dead. Everyone is dead. dead. (laughs) Like, everyone is dead, you know? And it's like, Jesus Christ. Um, It is, it's tonal whiplash. And it's like, it's crazy. But it's, um, you know, I mean, I suppose it's all you need to know is that, like, Captain America and Iron Man aren't talking at the minute. Um... The broke up. The broke up. Um, while um, Iron Man and Pepper are about to get married, I suppose. Um, and Doctor Strange has been chilling. Yeah. He hasn't really been doing much. Um, Pepper's selling uh, vagina candles. Yep. <laughs> God, that's a terrible idea, isn't it? Like, like, why would you do that? I mean, Christ. If She's said- a weird woman, isn't she? Like, like Gwyneth Paltrow's a weird woman. Like, she just looks like an ordinary human being. But she's weird. Like, like you just... Like, like, how do you... Like, why would you describe a breakup as a conscious uncoupling? Like, that's I know. weird. And well, you... you know the image of all the girls, like, 
the big girl boss fight in Endgame. Oh yeah, with the um, the the yeah that bit. Yeah. So you've got two anti-vaxxers. <laughs> one's Gwyneth Paltrow, <laughs> and the other's fucking Brie Larson, who now does NFTs. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. God. That happened last week. I was like, oh no. Oh dear. So yeah. I didn't even know that. Marvel's really. roster list is getting less and less like respectable. I know. I know. Who's who are the two anti-vaxxers? Um, one of the girls from uh, Black Panther. I can't remember which one. I mean, because I haven't oh, seen Black um, Panther. Right, right. Okay. Um, and uh, Evigen, uh, the Wasp Evigen Lily. Oh, she's called? anti-vax. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Any reason? Nah. No. America. Just... <laughs> yeah, why not? Okay, sure. America. Um, <laughs> America, yeah. America, fuck yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, but that that's the thing. And then in Endgame, you do those 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 incredible moments where um, where Captain America picks up um, the shield Yomia. oh right Mjolnir yeah <laughs> you know, that's a shield yeah. he picks up the shield all yeah, he the picks time, up the shield like, all the time you know um, no, but when he picks up um, Mjolnir um, and yeah. it's like wow you know it's like and and, and, I, and I do love that moment it, it is an epic it's like again the crossovers between like Gimli and Legolas's friendship and the, and the moment where Thor like gets his shit together and and he sees Captain America pick up Mjolnir and and instead of and it's just that mark for me the best moment is when Thor goes I knew it you know and it's like and it's a wonderful moment yeah you know um and it's you know and, and then at the end of course when they all get defeated and Thanos is there with his big army and Captain America still stands up you know and and you know and and he's got a massive gouge in his arm oh yeah and he but he tightens it up with the straps the of his shield you know and you feel the pain in that and it's like God you know it's like it's that, and I know some people get like you know a bit triggered by the whole thing about you know he's Captain America, and he's a big blonde white man, you know, and it's like it's oh, that yeah. it's that idea of like American exceptionalism. Did you watch um, two Captain America boys? I I haven't no no because the replacement they get for Captain America that's the true Captain America. Oh wait America. no no that that wait wait hang on no 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 I I have seen it yeah yeah, yeah Winter Soldier yeah. and yeah and, and and Falcon yeah that's great I mean it's, yeah absolutely now that Captain America is a true Captain America he's the true Captain America he goes batshit and decapitates someone yes absolutely <laughs> that's, that's Captain America that's Arnold. Captain America that's the America Arnold. that's the America that everybody that's the America of the modern age you know um but actually no that's a good point actually to be fair because it's like what I like about Steve Rogers is um, that character is yes he is all of those things on the surface you know he's a big strong like white guy with blonde hair and he wears the flag yeah and that is what he is on the surface but I think what his character does is he, he's he's very much um, a subversion of that as he is yeah. as a person because he's not a patriot really no like you know there's a lot of things that he disagrees with you know that America does. Really, and it's like he didn't agree with um in in the Winter Soldier. He didn't agree with um the whole thing about, um, you know, Shield spying on people, yeah, and this that and the thing, which is very much a con a commentary on the Patriot Act. Yeah, you know, um, he said surveillance is wrong, and we shouldn't be spying on people. I mean, yes, we did questionable things in the war, but we did it because we knew it would be for the greater good. He meant that we did it for people's freedom. And this this is not freedom. This is the exact opposite of that. You know, and, and then he becomes a fugitive. Because if he was a patriot, he would be standing with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. You know, and he would be standing with what the government wants to do. And then you see a further expansion of that in Civil War. And it's like, um, he, and, and I think it's expanded upon in the comics. People are like, 
why are you against like what the government wants to do? He said, people people assume just because I wear the flag, I I stand I always stand with America and I stand for what America like does. And he went, I don't. I stand for what America should be. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's an important distinction. You know, because he fights for what is right, not for what America thinks is right. He stands for what America should be. Yeah. You know, as a as a noble nation you know and and that's and that's why in a very um telling way he's always on the opposite end he's yeah. always being fought <laughs> again he's he's a fugitive you know he's um you know he's he's a fugitive he's he's being hunted and then he ha- and then by the time he's um in uh, infinity war he he's stripped of the flag yeah you know he's he's no longer captain america really you know, and that's a very telling thing, and I think that's what a lot of people forget. He's Captain Man. He's Captain Man. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you know, but then, he, but then he reclaims that identity again. He's like, no, I'm gonna be an example of what we should be, and that's what he is in an, in an end game. He's 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 exactly what he is when you first see him in the first Captain America movie when he gets asked. He says, "Do you want to go abroad and kill Nazis?" And he says, "I don't want to kill anyone. I just don't like bullies." Yeah. And that's exactly what he is in an in endgame. He's standing up to the bully, you know, because he can do this all day. He, and he's there, and, and then everyone rallies behind him. And then, of course, at the end, when he's old, and he, you know, all, he, all he's done has been a, a soldier. All he's done is battled, you know, and it's like, um, you know, it's it's here's a guy who's, I know I've gone totally off topic, but it's... We always um, do, it's fine. We always do, yeah. Um, it's it, He's a guy who's, um, who's, you know, fought in World War Two and fought actual evil. Yeah. You know, he fought Nazis, and that's the thing. It's like back then, there's never been a more greater representation physically of evil. You know, he here's a group of people who ruled a country who did heinous, heinous things, like truly evil things. You know, and that's what he fought against. Of course, when he comes to the modern day, it's like we've kind of lost our way a bit. You know we've muddled the line between what is good and what's evil you yeah. know and we're now we're now doing things that some you know things are really muddled and things are really lost and that's why we've got so much division and i think that's where you get a character like captain america who's in this context and he has to find himself for things that he believes are true he's now being vilified he's now being in a, he's, in, he's now in a position where things aren't really black and white you know and i think that's really telling and i think that's really interesting and then of course when he retires and lives a life and yeah. he's there at the end and he's old and it's just so sweet you know it's just so peaceful and of course when he passes on the shield to i know there's some people there's some like purist like fi- fans well not purist fans but if you're a purist fan you know that he passes on the shield <laughs> he passes on the sh- if you're a purist fan yes he passed on the shield to absolutely the right person if but... you're a purist fan he would have got fucking killed in civil war <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly yeah 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 exactly you know but it's like um you know, some people are like, oh, you should have passed the shield on to Bucky because it's like the whole Batman Robin thing. It's like, well, no, because and and Bucky knows that. Yeah, Bucky knows that I should not be Captain America. Oh, yeah, Bucky, Bucky's a killer, and he knows it. Be- yeah, but because Bucky is a killer, Buc- Bucky's like a damaged dude who does not deserve to wear that shield. But Bucky knows that. Yeah, you know, Bucky's like, no, Sam, you are Captain America because y- you you. You personify everything that Steve Rogers believed in, you know, and um, 
and that's why you should be that character. But that's why um, Winter Soldier and Captain and and uh, Winter Soldier and 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 Falcon, which I think is the best MCU show. I did really enjoy it. Yeah, because I think it deals with those themes really well, and and of course it plays with that obvious um, um, theme of like the fact that Sam is an African American. Yeah, and the contentious issue of um, the clicking has returned. Yes, um, the ghosts. everyone. Um, yes, strange noises in the office today. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it, and he says that in his speech, which I think is great. It's like we need to get rid of labels, you know, because it starts to it stops discussions and it stops um, things progressing forward. I mean, yeah, it's a bit on the nose, but it's like you know, I'm a, he said I'm a black man who is wearing the American flag. I'm always going to get people who are going to give me shit about that. But do you know what? I can't do anything about that. Yeah. I'm just going to do what I believe in. And that's where it ties in. It's like, yes, of course, you know, African-Americans and their history with America in itself is, of course, incredible. Well, look at what's happening now. Of course, it's never been more clear. It's, a, it's, it's still contentious. It's still a divisive issue. And it's still something that they're dealing with. You're and not allowed to talk about slavery in schools anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's still something that we're dealing with, you know? And it's like, um, Jeez. that's why the original, like the original Captain America, where who you meet in that thing, is like, I will never wear that, I will never wear that flag and I will never associate myself with this again because of what this country has done to me. And then he gets Sam, who's coming along saying, yes, I acknowledge all those things happened, you know, but I am going to be Captain America because I'm going to continue that spirit that that Steve had of like we can be better. Yeah. You know, yes these things happened and yes they were awful and I will never forget them. But we can be better. We can move on. Well not move on, but you know what I mean. It's like move from it. We can move from it to build better and this is what America can be. And that's the thing. It's like Steve was like, you know, this is what America should be. I'm yeah. being a I'm being a representation of what America should be through my actions, and and that's why he picked Sam to do that because he knew Sam would do the same thing despite the color of his skin and despite, you know, because that's the thing that's the that's the that that's what's so great about it the the idea of Captain America can um it breaks down barriers of race and things like that and divisions like you can be this this image purely by who you are. You know, and that's why Sam's Captain America, you know, and it's, um, you know, and that, and that's why there is some defense of Marvel, I think, you know, yeah. that, that, that's what they, again, that's what the stories can be, you know, but I think a lot of them, especially the Spider-Man ones, whoa, gotta have things to say about that, but we'll save that for another <laughs> day. Um, to bring it back to Return of the King, though, I was thinking about this recently, um, they, they did really well at the Academy Awards, didn't they? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Did Return At least of nominations. The... Yeah, let's have a look. Yeah, I was going to say Return of the King. Um, I'm sure that one did quite... Did that win Best Picture? Let's have a look, see. Wikipedia is my friend. Yeah, and then while Lee is doing his um his live research here, I'll... Uh, you know, I um that that was um something that I found really interesting as well when I was when I was looking into Lord of the Rings, the fact that they did so well at the Academy Awards. Yeah, no. I'm just going down the reception of this box office. 24th highest grossing film of all time. Wow. Um, highest grossing film of 2003. Second highest grossing film of the 2000s. Because mm. yeah, what, what I find interesting is that, that these are like big science fiction extravaganzas. You know, um, well, fantasy extravaganzas, really. And you wouldn't really expect that kind of film to be recognized by the oscars 
you know. But then again, though, it when you when you look at them, they are stories. You know, they're they're read that the stories first and foremost. Ah, here we go. You know, here we so go. So the Academy Awards: Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Makeup, Best Original Score, Best Original Song, Best Sound Mixing, Best Visual Effects, Best Film. Wow, and that was just for Return of the King. Yeah, bloody hell, that that that's almost clear in the board. Actually, the best film was for the British Academy Film Awards, um, which they got. Oh, for BAFTA. Nominated for Best Direction, nominated for Best Acting Supporting Role, which was Ian McKellen. Um, won Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, got nominated for a fuckload more, and Best Visual Effects. Yeah, they got a lot. Wow, <laughs> you know, and that's something that I thought. You know, a big film like that, you just wouldn't expect it to do that well at the Oscars, really. But but it, it clearly did. Yeah. You know, and it's um and and it just it just it made me think of like the other nominations of like for for this year, as well. Have you have you seen them? No, I haven't looked yet. Oh well, thankfully, I will. I I I have a handy dandy page that <laughs> I that I have on a on. A, so on... while you're getting that up, I'm gonna tell you a little story. Tell me a little story, Lee. Um, the other day I went to the cinema for the first time in two years. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. How was it? Um, pretty much the same old, same old cinema. Apart from our cinema got rid of Pepsi and got Coke instead, which was annoying. Oh my god, that is quite <laughs> literally unwatchable. <laughs> unwatchable. No. Um, I went to see Bell. Bell, which is a animated film. Oh yes. Um, yes. the director for that, he's done one of my favorite animated films of all time, mm-hmm. Summer Wars. Um, Bell was great music, absolutely just astonishing visuals. Yeah, they always are. But the story was just, eh. Nah. I think I would I watch it again in English just to hear the songs in English. Oh, fair enough. But yeah, yeah it was very big, eh, film, which was disappointing. Because mm-hmm. like I said, he directed one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah. But yeah, it was just, eh. After two years of not going to the cinema, I've seen that. But yeah. Visually fantastic oh that's good definitely worth seeing in the cinema with all the like yeah and i I guess it was a really cathartic experience then for you really yeah nice seeing nice music nice visuals and just a big old screen on us (laughs) and just being part of that that experience again really isn't it you know um no i know i mean i'm gonna have to be going back to the cinema soon really because i want because i really want to see um i like to see belfast uh, which is one of the films nominated this year. Um, I'd like to see... I really want to see The Batman as well. The Batman. The Batman with Robert Batten-Bat. Um, to quote uh, The Weekly Planet. Hello! Um, and also I'd like to see The Tragedy of Macbeth with Denzel Washington. You know. Um, but yes, I've got, the, I've got the nominations up here. And uh, the nominations for Best Picture this year are Belfast, Coda, which I've not seen, Never heard. Uh, Don't Look Up, which I have seen. Absolutely should not be nominated for Best Picture. Uh, (laughs) It was fine. It was fine, yeah. It was fine. Uh, Drive My Car, not seen. Uh, June. I haven't seen. You haven't seen June yet? No. June's good. Like I said, I've been in cinema. June's good. Yeah. It's, um, you know, because I I met up with our um, our old lecturer recently, um, uh, Nicholas Glean. Marvellous man. Lovely man. Um, And I asked him... Have you seen June? And he said, "Yeah, I have yeah." And he said, "I thought it was it was it was fun." <laughs> and I went really, and he said, "I thought it was visually very fun. Um, you know, it it looks very lovely. It's shot really well. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a lovely bit of um, visual escapism. It has no drama in it though. 
And I went, wow. And he went, do you don't do you like Denny Villeneuve? And he went, no, don't <laughs> like him. Don't like Denny Villeneuve. And he said because I think he has nothing to say. She, he, he thinks that he's all style and no substance, which I think is really interesting, really, because I knew he wasn't a fan of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Again, there was a lot of style in that film. Yeah, well, the, the, I think Nick's big issue with it. I mean, Nick, if you are if you are listening, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong next time you see me. Um, I remember Nick was saying that he, he he said that his biggest one of his biggest issues with it is that they had they had to do the cliched thing of um, robots having sex. Mm. He was like, "Why do robots need to have sex?" And I thought he's got a point, but at the same time, was that though, Phil Dick's sequel to Electric Sheep? Hmm? Wasn't that uh, Phil Gittick's uh, sequel to the <laughs> Dream, uh, sh- uh, Robots Dream do, Electric do Sheep? The kind of Andro- what, the, the Robots Having Sex? Yeah, that's a sequel. Was that the title of the book? Yeah. <laughs> why do robots need to have sex? Do androids dream of electric sheep and why do robots need to have sex? <laughs> what a great series. Um, no, but that was his thing. You know, and I thought, well, technically, technically, are they really robots? The synthetic humans... Does that, mean, does that mean that they're robots? We're getting the whole sense debate Any, now. You know, that's that's another argument. But uh, anyway, so June is nominated yes. for Best Picture. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. King Richard is also nominated for Best Picture, which is the story of... King Richard? Um, it's, <laughs> it's the story of uh, Serena Williams and her sister as children, and their father, Richard, who was a massive influence in their life, um, sort of fueling their love for uh, tennis Yeah. Uh, against all the odds. Uh, licorice Pizza... I heard a lot about that. I, I hadn't even seen anything about it. No. But I've heard a lot of people talk about it. I've also heard a lot about it as well. It's a um, Paul Thomas Anderson film. And I really want to see that. I really want to see uh, um, uh, Licorice Pizza. Uh, Nightmare Alley. The Gilmore Del Toro film. Alright, no. I'm which never... I've been told I would really enjoy, apparently. The Power of the Dog. Which is a Netflix film. It's a western... <coughs> yep, it, uh, John's kind of dying. It's a western from Netflix. <laughs> I got this confused with um, the one that's just called Dog, which was coming out. Yeah, it's not that one. Sorry about yeah. that. I just uh, I, 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 almost. Uh, it's dogs. Almost, <laughs> oh, dogs. Every time I mention dogs, he coughs. I know. Uh, the Power of the Dog, uh, yeah. which is a Netflix film, uh, which I've not seen, but my parents have seen. Uh, my mother hated it. <laughs> she really didn't like it. Um, but that's been nominated for quite a few things, um, and. And finally, uh, West Side Story, the uh, the Steven Spielberg remake. Yeah, which I'm quite surprised at, to be honest with you. Uh, so, I I don't know. I mean, I think that the um, the nomination. I I think that. I I I, I if I'm if I'm to quote Mark Kermode, I think he thinks that Belfast is the surefire to win, but it, it who knows? I mean, I've only seen, I've only seen uh, one of these. No, I've seen two <laughs> of these films. June and don't look up. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if June is June will not win. Um, Probably get some visual thing. Oh yeah, it'll it'll absolutely get the award for like best visuals or whatever. But like the rest of the nominations are uh, the nominees for best director are um, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna oh God, I'm gonna butcher these names, so I really do sincerely apologize. Um, Ruski uh, Ham Hamagori, I think, for Drive My Car. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Uh, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Uh, Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Yeah. So I don't know who's going to win that one. Um, it'll be interesting to see. The nominations for actor in a leading role. Um, Javier Bardem in 
being the Ricardos. Never heard. Never of heard it. of it. Not seen it. No. Javier Bardem's a good actor. Uh, he is a good actor. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch in The Power of the Dog, which apparently he gives a really good performance. Um, Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick Boom. Now I watched Tick Tick Boom two nights ago. He's fantastic. He's absolutely wonderful. So I would happily see. I would love to see Andrew Garfield win. Um, Will Smith uh, for King. <laughs> not not the Will Smith that we know. If you are listening, Will, I'm sorry to break it to you, mate, but it's not you. It's uh, it's the other Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith uh, for King Richard. Right. Because he plays Richard himself. Um, apparently, he's really good. Now, Will Smith has actually seen... Uh, the Will Smith that we know has seen King Richard. And I'm sure he said it was really good. Um, and this might be Will Smith's best performance. So he could win this, you know. Be nice to see Will Smith win. Uh, and Denzel Washington uh, for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Yeah. Because he plays Macbeth. Um, so yeah I'd love to see Andrew Garfield I'd love to see Will Smith be interesting to see who gets it um, actress in a leading role yeah uh, Jessica Chastain um, for The Eyes of Tammy Faye Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter which my mum has also seen she doesn't think it's Olivia Coleman's best performance <laughs> um, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers uh, Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos and Kristen Stewart in Spencer now this is Kristen Stewart playing Lady Diana. Oh, right, that one. Yes, and uh, my girlfriend Katie has seen this, and she thinks that she thinks that it should go to Kristen Stewart. I think I think that's what she said because she's seen it. and She thinks her performance is tremendous. Um, just like she just is Diana, Princess of Wales, which is great. Uh, the actress in a supporting role, uh, Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter, um, Anna uh, Ariana DeBose in West Side Story. Uh, Judy Dench in Belfast, uh, Kristen Dunst in The Power of the Dog, and um... <sighs> he's going to put your name. I am. Oh, oh do you want? Oh, I, can't, I can't do it. Um, um, someone Ellis in uh, um, in King Richard. I'm rooting for someone Ellis. <laughs> yeah, someone else in King Richard. Uh, I'm so sorry. I I just I'm not. I can't. I'll just butcher it. Do you know what I mean? Fair. Um, um, yeah, so uh, best actor in a supporting role. Yes. Um, Kieran Hines in uh, in Belfast. Troy Kotsua in Coda. Uh, Jesse Pellmans in uh, The Power of the Dog. Uh, J.K. Simmons um, in Being the Ricardos. And Cody Smith-McPhee in uh, The Power of the Dog. So a lot of Power of the Dog nominations here. Yeah, this is the Lord of the Rings podcast, by the way. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other um um uh nominations of course uh um i'll say cinematography since we're uh, since we're filmmakers ourselves um uh greg frazier for dune um dan dan loystein uh for nightmare rally um ari wagner um wagner uh, for the power of the dog um bruno del bonel uh for uh the tragedy of macbeth and uh Jose Kanziki for uh, West Side Story. I'd love to see Tragedy of Macbeth win for that or Dune. Yeah. Which Dune will probably win. I'm surprised that What's-His-Face didn't shoot Dune. Um, oh, God. I know who you mean. Do you know who I mean? Yes, because yes. he did... Everything. Yes. Basically, he's like he's the cinematographer. Yeah. Um, and it's gone out of my head completely. God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to... I'm gonna have to Google it. Yeah. Because... Um, because he won for Blade Runner 2049. Yep. Finally. Um, 
Roger Deakins. Yes, Deakins. Roger Deakins. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Oh, Roger Deakins. That guy is just oh, he's brilliant, isn't he? Um, but you know, it just. Um, but about the that's the thing about the Oscars. It's. Uh, I mean, the Oscars are. I spoke to Nick about this actually as well, and he was saying that the Oscars, um, is just. It's. I think it was the year that um, Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture. He was saying. He said to me that. Um, the Oscars has killed my generation of films. Like it was confirmed. Like we're now in a completely new age, um, and you know it's. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that because I think there's certainly some films that don't deserve to be nominated over certain other films. Yeah. You know, and of course there's that inequality of like, um, sort of like, uh, representation there as well, and also um, like just actually just nominating women directors. You know who make great films. I like it was like that one year that um, uh, um, Marriage Story was nominated um for Best Picture, and I think um, um Noah Baumbach was uh nominated for Best Director uh, for Marriage Story. He was a great director, by the way. Um, and he's married to Greta Gerwig. Yeah. And Greta Gerwig was that was the year that she she directed the adaptation of Little Women. Yeah. And Little Women's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. It's absolutely fantastic. And um, I haven't read the novel yet, but I really want to know after watching the film. Um, and she wasn't nominated for Best Director that year. You know, and she was there on the Director Roundtable, um, which they do with the Hollywood Reporter every year. And and I remember they were at the Oscars, the Academy Awards, and the, the dinner and everything, and they were like speaking to like all the people, like members of the Academy who are behind the scenes and stuff like that. And of course... <laughs> There was this thing of where one of them said, "Um, oh Greta, I really, I really loved your movie. I thought the direction was absolutely fantastic." And she went, "Well, you obviously didn't because you didn't." You know? <laughs> <laughs> she went, "But not enough to nominate me, though. Yeah, not enough to nominate me for best director. You know." And I thought it's true. You know, it's like, you know, and it probably went to someone else who maybe didn't deserve the nomination. I don't know. I don't know. But it's um, you know. I know, Oscars always felt like a spectacle, really. Has been like well, they a... are, they are a spectacle. I mean, do you think the days are gone when they nominate... I mean, like, because, like, Return of the King absolutely is a, is a, is a mammoth, monumental um, example of great filmmaking. Yeah. You know, and, uh, well, all of the Lord of the Rings are, really, to be honest with you. And it's like, that's what I love about them. They really are just shining examples of um, great filmmaking, you know, and giving a shit and just effort and, you know... Yeah. And, you know, attention to detail and what have you, and it's like so. Yeah, it's it's only right that they're nominated for all these Oscars and stuff. So, do you think that those days are gone when we see real laboured, crafted, well crafted films? No, because I think weirdly, I think Netflix has given rise to a bit more weirdly like well crafted films. Mm. Like nothing's popping out right now, but I think a lot more Netflix has given directors a lot more freedom. Freedom, yeah, to do stuff. Yeah, instead of being like. What the heads of like Universe have been like, but is it marketable? Yeah, like yeah, cause that's what mostly they want is something that's marketable. That's why most films are either rehashes or mm-hmm. sequels. Yeah, and it's a shame, isn't it? Because yeah. we used to get that every 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 so often. We used to get like this really strange film that would be put out by a major studio um, that. Is an immediate like critical hit, yeah, with like artists and people like that and what have you. But maybe it's not like a, a commercial hit. Like it's strange that when you watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine, like that is a long, strange 
surreal film that is not for mainstream audiences yeah and yet here it is being produced by a mainstream studio now is that purely on the basis of the fact that it's the blade runner franchise because i don't know if i buy that because blade runners never is blade runner like like that well like regarded in the public eye do you know what i mean because I know it certainly is by filmmakers in like science fiction circles and stuff. I would say it's probably well referenced. It's probably one of these films that has a lot yes. of, lot of mistakes, a lot of references. Mm-hmm. You could probably name about twenty Simpsons episodes which has done a Blade Runner bit. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Like you know, well that's the thing. It's it's one of the most well referenced and well regarded science fiction films of all time, if not the most. It's that kind of thing. So like, again, like um, fucking what's it called? It's gone out my head now. Wizard of Oz. It's been referenced so many times. I can't even think I remember what the real film is. That's just the story. <laughs> Stories are only references, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, of course, when Blade Runner gets a, a sequel. Well, it's a funny thing you say this, right? So, this year, there's three Pinocchio films coming out. Is there really? Del Toro, who's been working on it for years. Gilmore Del Toro is yeah. doing a Pinocchio film. He's been wanting to do it for years, wow. apparently. Um, his own adaptation. Disney's bringing one out, because they think renew their version of it. Okay. And then there's like a um, a piss take with like Polly Shore or something like that. Really? Wow. Yeah. All coming out near at the same time. Mainly because, yeah, Del Toro's want to do it for years. He's been doing other projects to fund for this. I would love to see that. Yeah, Disney's doing it because, oh, we need to renew our license. So are they doing um, another live action? I think Pino- so. They're doing a live action Pinocchio? I think so. Oh my god. Or something like that. Uh, god. God almighty, I don't know how I'm going to cope with that. Pinocchio. Um, Pinocchio's messed up. 2022 man. film. There's quite a few 2022 films. <laughs> yeah, so Del Toro's is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's the thing, isn't it, about you were saying about Netflix? Um, it, it's, uh, well, actually, I'll go on to that once, you, once you've um, thinking this thing about Pinocchio. Ah, Pinocchio's only got the title, but it's Walt Disney initial release is going to be this year. Right. It looks live action. Yeah. It looks like he's got Tom Hanks in it. Tom Hanks? Yeah. He's not playing Geppetto, is he? Probably. He looks old and beardy, so... <laughs> wow. Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Um, yeah, and then there's another one. I don't know how they'll feel about that. But yeah, three are coming out this year. Yeah. Oh, so Pinocchio Disney is directed by Robert uh, Zemeckis. Zem- oh, Robert never... Zemeckis yeah. is doing Pinocchio. Okay. Tom Hanks, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Luke Evans is in it. <laughs> Of course, Luke and then is Pinocchio del Toro's has got uh, Kate Blanchett, Ewan McGregor, Finn Wolfhard, Ron Perlman. Of course. And then there's a piss take one, which I can't find anywhere because the other two came on release. But yeah, three of them are coming out this year. That's incredible. That is incredible. I feel like Gilmore del Toro's version of Pinocchio will be a straight adaptation of the original, the original story because it, yeah. it's quite dark. And it's a dark. This is touted as a darker film, so yeah, it will yeah. be. So well, yeah, it's it's, it's Del Toro doing his like doing his, his thing, his thing, which is like dark fairy tales, which is what he loves doing, which is what The Shape of Water is, and you know, and all that sort. Yeah, uh, Pan's Labyrinth. I've not seen Pan's Labyrinth. Same. I've got it. I've got it on DVD. I've been meaning to watch it for years, and I just haven't just got haven't around. Got around to it. Yeah. Um, I'd love to watch Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Um. That might be a future episode, who knows? Yeah, do it together. <laughs> Dude, yeah, we'll watch we'll watch Pan's Labyrinth and give a reaction to it. But um but yeah, that's the thing. It's like you know, um these these studios 
like well these 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 like streaming services i should say that like like netflix like hbo max um who seem to have like and, and even amazon i suppose as well like have these i mean amazon doing Lord of the rings like exactly you know what i mean like they have these bottomless pitless pits of money which means that they can like take chances to get i, I right it's a it's an interesting one because i think um i don't even know if i've spoken about this before but i think it's very interesting that directors now can go to these studios who will unquestionably fund their projects which means that they have more freedom uh and to do what they like basically yeah um so the biggest example of that is um not to mention excuse me he's yawning it's a big yawn big yawn oh yeah Don't not say to that mention <laughs> say that animals. not to mention uh the snyder cut yet again yes but um what's his face uh, martin scorsese that was the only netflix was the only place that would fund the irishman yeah you know and he's martin fucking scorsese the greatest living filmmaker of our time one of anyway you know and it's like he he was saying like just because i'm martin scorsese doesn't mean that i'll get my projects funded yeah you know i had to like fight for years he said we had to fight for years to get the irishman funded again by. it's that thing is it a marketable yeah, exactly. It probably wasn't marketable to big companies. Be like, no, that's why I wasn't taken. Yeah. And and you watch and you watch The Irishman, and it's this really long film about a guy's life, um, the life and death of a of a of a guy who was an assassin, well not an assassin, but uh, what's it called, uh, you know, like a wet like a, a mafia man. Yes. Right. You know, and it's like and it's long and it's and it's a pro oh, that that radiator man. Uh, it's, a, it's a long process to watch this movie it's a slog I mean it's good I enjoyed it but it was long you know and I understand why um, why a studio didn't um, sort of want to fund that but then again though it's the same thing with the Snyder Cut it's the reason why the Snyder Cut is four hours long it's because it's like it's Zack Snyder's untainted vision and this is where it's difficult because I'm all for creative freedom I, I'm a filmmaker myself, you're a filmmaker too. Yep. I think it's safe to say that we both care very much about artistic freedom and expression. And I think that it it shouldn't be censored and it shouldn't be watered down uh, a lot. It it should it, that should be done as 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 as, as it shouldn't be done as it English, come on. It should be done as less as possible. There we are. Yeah. Um however you do need someone to rein you, you in. You need someone to rein you in. Because yeah. it's like, this is why filmmaking is a collaborative process. You know, you need someone to sort of like, like sort of look over it and go, that's too much, or maybe that doesn't work, or maybe it should be done perhaps this way, or maybe you should take that out. Yeah. Or maybe you should tailor it a little bit, and then you can have a sort of a more cohesive story. So in that sense, that is why you sometimes need studio heads. To sometimes sort of make decisions that will save the film, you know, or someone or an editor to sort of come in and go, maybe you should do this, get rid of that, or a producer to come yeah. in and go, get rid of that, or do this instead, you know, it's a collaborative process. So when you get films like on Netflix or whatever that that come out by these big directors like Scorsese or Zack Snyder or, or Gilmore Del Toro or whoever, yeah. it's their un untethered creative vision and it's great you know it's great that we're able to do that it's great that we, now directors and filmmakers now have an another platform to sort of put their things out there and we can see more of their work i think it's great but 
that's why that's why we have those things in place. It's to to rein it in a little bit, you know, because sometimes that then you get these really long, sort of mad films that maybe aren't the best version of themselves that can be. It's the reason why we have the extended editions. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, of Lord bring of the it back. Rings. Yeah, exactly. It's the reason why we have um, the theatrical cuts because yeah. they rein it back, you know, um, and you know, maybe sometimes that I mean sometimes they make a bad call. Like when you have, um, I mean, I know that it was Peter Jackson's decision to cut out the death of um, Saruman. Yeah. But that should have been in there. You know, like sometimes there are calls where like, oh, maybe the extended editions are better than, like the director's cuts are better than the theatrical versions. And, and that is certainly the case for like some films. I mean, the studio heads interfered with uh, Rogue One and made it better. Kill everyone. Kill everyone, yeah, exactly. They were like, fucking nuke everyone. Yeah, nuke the shit out of them, you know. It was like, um, whoa, a bit dark for a, yeah, a Star Wars. Yeah, for a Star War. For a Star War. It was a singular war in the Star yeah. Um But yeah, exactly. It's another good example of why it's not always a bad thing. It's 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 why it's complicated. You know, it's yeah. like these these issues are always complicated. It's it's the it's the reason why filmmaking is the way it is. You know, it's a it's a hellish process, but we all do it for the love of movies. You know, and that's that's how I feel about Lord of the Rings. It's like I'm still not a massive fantasy guy. Yeah. You know, um, but I am glad I watched them, and I am glad I finally experienced it because I understand the appeal. I understand why people love them. I think they're really well crafted films. I think oh, they're God, really yeah. well made films. They're they're masterpieces of filmmaking, and but they tell great stories. You know, in regardless of whatever whatever length they are, they every character has a purpose. Yep, and every um you know story thread is fulfilled. And I love that it's overarching message of um, even if evil feels overwhelming and all encompassing, you can always um, you can always you can always fight it, and you, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, if you're a if you're a nobody from a village, or if you're a king, or if you're a, a wizard, or if you you know, it doesn't matter where you are. And so that's what I mean. That that's what I love about it. It's like yeah, like Gandalf, who's a you know who's and and who's a wizard, you know, but he's he, yeah, he still uses that to to be the best version of himself aragorn has been running away from his responsibility for ages and then he finally accepts it and becomes the king that he should be and the hobbits they rise up and prove everyone wrong from being these little people who just love getting pissed and and eaten you know um and and everyone knows how to become everyone becomes a hero and i think that's a really noble and encouraging story to have and to be told but having said that they are very long yeah, I got you to watch the extended, mainly because I thought you might not watch them again. You may as well see the entire shit. I'm in no rush to watch them again yeah. because I feel like once is enough for me. Yeah. You know, and it's again, it's not the fantasy's not really my thing. Yeah. You know, I'm in, I'm, I'm more into like you know other stuff. You know, <laughs> so it's like, um, however, I am glad I watched it, but uh, I'm, I'm glad like, you enjoyed them. I, I, I did, I did, and that you know, and and that you know, it's it was it was kind of it was sad. It was you know, it's the end the end of a of a of a quest in a way, you yeah. know, the end of a saga. My uh, my my time in uh, in in Hobbiton and uh, Middle Earth and what have you. Um, but yeah, great great movies. Um, I will be in no rush to watch them again though. I think once was enough. I will have to watch the theatrical cuts. I yeah. think at some point. But uh, I don't know when that'll be. But um, you ever think, oh, I might watch Lord of the Rings again? Just watch the theatricals. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, so uh, so that's uh, you know that was my that was my thing on Lord of the Rings. Watch them in Blu-ray, and then you can see all the little cheats. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's true. Because I watched them on DVD, of course. Yes. Uh, so you know, th- those in themselves are products of that time. 
you know um so but having said that i did notice the cheats when you pointed them out in bits it's like where you can see it's clearly a mannequin yeah that uh that that gandalf is riding yeah. with you know and, uh, <laughs> more it's more vivid and blurry like you can proper see it's just a mannequin really it's just see, like, yeah. yeah it's a mannequin yeah um but uh but yes lord of the rings fun times fun times when i watch them again eh, maybe yeah you know not at any time soon though but are they good? Yeah, they're good. Of course they are. I'm glad you finally watched them. I'm glad you finally liked them. Exactly. There we are. So yeah, about wraps it up. That does wrap it up. What have yeah. you What have you got for me next time, Lee? Do um. You know? Yeah, I'm thinking since I watched Bell, I think I'm gonna get you to watch my favorite film. Your favorite film of all time. One of my favorite films of all time. Okay. My favorite animated film, definitely. Okay. Well, so, I I await. Yeah. To see what that'll be then. So next time. Goodness me. Yeah. Till next time, folks. Love you, people. Farewell. Bye.